Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. And if you have your Bible with you this morning, if you would go ahead and turn with me to John's Gospel. You want to hold a space there in John chapter 1, also in John chapter 4. John chapter 1, also in John chapter 4. And in a bit of a change of plan this morning as far as my plan, but my plan doesn't matter. But in a change of plan this morning, I want to invite you to go ahead and look with me there at John chapter 4 because I want to read this narrative at least part of the way through just to begin to have this word resonate in your heart before we get to the point of today's message. I just believe this is the direction of the Lord. So if you would just turn to John chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading in verse 7. Because somebody needs to be reminded of this truth this morning. Somebody needs to have their spirit just begin to bear witness with what's going on here in the text before we get to where we're headed this morning. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7, and it says this, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria asked him and said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks the water that I will give them shall never thirst But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of living water, springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, but come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have said, Well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you are now, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. And our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. And we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called the Christ. 
And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And we're going to pause right there. And today we're launching a new series of messages that's going to span the next several weeks based on a familiar phrase that is often heard, even seen and read here at Faith Assembly Church. And that phrase is the very simple three words of connect, grow, and go. Connect, grow, and go. Now, if you're not familiar with our church, I'll tell you that our mission here is to develop faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Very simply, to develop faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Our method in doing that, in, in developing people into faithful followers of Jesus Christ, however, is this very simple phrase of connecting people. We, we believe that this is the model that brings people and positions people in, a, in, a, in such a way that they can be developed into faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We connect people by introducing them to an active faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and into fellowship with his body, the church. We invite people and encourage people to grow by encouraging people in their faith through discipleship, service, worship, and fellowship. And we encourage people to go. We believe in assisting people with living out the great commission of reaching our world for Christ Jesus. And the heart of the matter is this, that as the leadership of our church is making plans and we're making decisions, this is the filter through which all of our ideas pass because we believe that these are three areas that are essential to developing faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Therefore, this method serves as our filter. And we say, is it achieving one of these ends? Whatever we're thinking about doing, whatever we're thinking about investing in, whatever we're thinking about uh, uh, giving, giving our time and energy and efforts to, is it fulfilling one of these ends or maybe even more of these ends? And everything we do at Faith Assembly Church will somehow fit one or more of these categories. In fact, they're so interconnected that even for the purpose of this message today, they're nearly inseparable, and you're going to hear parts of each of these in all of these messages. There's no way to completely and totally separate it. And by the end of this series, I hope to have accomplished two things in particular. So if you want to take notes and, and just jot these down, you'll understand where we're going and, and, and what's happening. Because I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not trying to fool you in anything. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to cast a vision here and I'm trying to convince you that this is the Lord's way. But number one, I hope to have shown you the interconnectedness of all three of these things in relation to how they work together for the evangelization of the world and the maturity of the believer towards the goal of developing faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And then the second thing is that I hope to have inspired you to not only understand this as a model and a guide for the things that happen here in this church, but also that you would adopt it as a model for your own life and conduct and a model of purpose for your own life, both in your personal development and in your ministry efforts. How many of you have a ministry? Let me ask that again. How many of you have a ministry? 
You are called. You are anointed. You are equipped. If you didn't raise your hand because you feel like you don't have a title or a position, understand, I didn't ask you if you had a title or a position. I asked you if you have a ministry. And there's a distinct difference because wherever you go with the love of God in your heart, there the kingdom of God is. And you go as an ambassador for Christ and you have a ministry. You have a ministry and we need to understand that and we need to embrace that. And that's why I'm taking time for these next several weeks to talk about this model of ministry because it's not just something that organizationally we need to embrace, but it's something that we individually need to embrace because this building and this plot of ground is not the church. The church comes here and gathers at this place. Because you are the church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the body of Christ. And you are the ministers. You will encounter people in a week's time that I will never have the opportunity to interact with. You will have influence with people that I will never have influence with. You will be able to speak to people that myself nor none of my pastoral team will ever be able to encounter. But wherever you go with the love of God in your heart, there the kingdom of God is represented. And that is your ministry. To represent the kingdom of God wherever you go. And today I want to talk to you about plugging in. Plugging in, getting connected. And I want to assure you that as we're talking about this, this is more than a, a slogan. It's more than slick marketing to have the most appeal in the Christian market. It's a sincere goal for the ministries here at Faith Assembly Church, and it's the focus of our prayer lives. God, help us connect people to an active faith. God, give us the wisdom and the tools to help people grow in that faith. And God, help us with the avenues to encourage people to go out into the world and make disciples of all men, preaching the good news to them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what is encouraging people to get connected all about? Well, I want to tell you what it's not about. Because we're often guilty, I believe, of measuring true spiritual success by the byproducts that are often associated with the goal rather than how well we're actually accomplishing the goal. Because you can tell me about how much your church is growing spiritually. You know, you get that sometimes. We're, we're, we're not seeing many people saved, but we're growing spiritually. No, you're not. You're fooling yourselves with an optical illusion, the optics of growth, but if you're not an evangelizing church that is seeing souls added to your numbers we daily, hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. Growing if you'd like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit you're us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day. The knowledge puffs up. It gives us the vanity and the false sense that we're actually doing something in the kingdom, but if it's not impacting the world around us, then we're not. 
And, and, and we come back to this place and, and we, we'll often measure our success, our spiritual success by the byproducts of that success because I believe that a church that is on fire of heaven, a church that has people that are experiencing the presence of the Lord in their lives on the regular basis are going to be a people that are reaching out into the community around them, that are sharing their testimony, that are living out an active faith that is visible to the world around them and serves as a witness of the same and that others are going to want to come and taste and see that the Lord is good and a byproduct of a spiritually maturing church is going to be that attendance is growing in that church but so oftentimes if you followed me there I was showing you how that church growth attendance growth is a byproduct of spiritual maturity in the church because as we grow we influence other people and they come along with us but we measure by the byproduct oftentimes we we measure we're listen we're not here to make church members we're not here to make new church members although we do celebrate church membership and we receive new members as a matter of fact we just launched our next series our latest series of next steps classes this morning and we celebrate that and our prayer is that the byproduct of people that that is the byproduct of people sincerely growing in the things of the lord that as we are pursuing God, as we are sharing fellowship together as the body of Christ, that the Lord will be adding to our number daily those that are being saved. We're not here simply to fill our seats from week to week, although we pray that there's a hunger birth in the hearts of people for fellowship with the body of Christ and corporate worship. We don't measure our success by giving most of the time if the attendance is steady and the roster is growing and the giving is sufficient for the needs everyone is happy and they just go through the motion week after week no one's challenged no one's being changed the community remains untouched by the love of Christ through the body and quite honestly nobody really cares because we're measuring byproducts we're not measuring really by the metric of the New Testament as it shows us what a healthy church is we must remember that we're not here to recruit new members we're not here to gain greater attendance or to raise funds we are here to facilitate ministry by which people can get connected to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ and grow deeper in their relationship with him and fulfill his purpose for their lives we're here to help people him together what it means to be a living eternal being in a natural temple that's only here for a little time to serve a purpose that is greater than their own to serve the purpose of eternity in influencing those around us that they might know Christ we're here to worship together we're here to work together pray together study together serve together to help one another and to help others who are not yet believers make the connection between their natural experience and their eternal purpose you're not put here on this earth simply to struggle through and get by and suffer the mundane and the monotonous of this life until the day you die and then you're gone you and I have an 
offering before us to walk in the abundance of life that comes from knowing Christ and abiding in the power of his resurrection and walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, feasting on his goodness and standing in the victory that he affords us. And when we say we want to we want you to get connected to an active faith in Christ Jesus. It's because you can never know these things apart from walking in relationship with him. I can't give you enough self-help philosophy. I can't give you enough tips for getting through your day, surviving your week, making it from Sunday to Sunday. No, all I can give you is, is the, the direction to the source. I'm not the source. There's not a teacher in this place that is the source, but the source is nothing more than Jesus Christ. No one other. I shouldn't say nothing more, but I should say no one other than Jesus Christ himself. And in John chapter 15, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather, him, they gather them to throw them into the fire and they are burned. And we want to see people connected to Christ. We want to see people connected to Christ because the branch bears the fruit of the root to which it is connected. I'm going to say that again because somebody's going to quote me on Facebook this afternoon and I'm going to be upset because you didn't say it right. The branch bears the fruit of the root to which it is connected. You don't plant a pear tree and reap apples. You don't, you don't sow flower seeds and reap vegetables the branch bears the fruit of the root to which it is connected the root is the source of the fruit and if you and I want to bear the fruit of an abundant life then we've got to be connected to the root if you want to bear the fruit of victory then you'll have to be connected to the victor if you want to bear the fruit of abundant life, then you'll need to be connected to the giver of life. If you want to bear the fruit of deliverance in your life, then you'll need to be connected daily to the deliverer. If you want to bear the fruit of healing in your life, then you'll have to be connected to the healer. And we want to help you get connected to the body of Christ. We want to help you get connected to Christ himself, to have an active faith in him. Do you know there's, there's, there's a difference between, like, faith and active faith? As a matter of fact, I don't know why we would say anything other than active faith, because the word says that faith without works is dead. So active faith is really the only kind of legitimate faith that there is. Because a faith without action is not really faith it's just a theoretical agreement it's just saying that you know I understand what you're saying in theory right I understand that parachutes work in theory okay and and some of you psychopaths I mean some of you people have faith <laughs> 
in parachutes because you'll actually get into a perfectly good airplane and jump out of it I don't understand but that's an expression of faith I don't have that I don't have that I, I'm, I'm not I mean unless it's a dire circumstance and we could go all off into that because that's where a lot of people live also they don't express any faith in the Lord until there's a dire enough circumstance for them to jump out of the situation they're in but you have faith in that parachute you jump out I don't I have a theoretical belief I can go ahead and tell you I'm not testing that I'm not trying it, it it's no Mm -mm. I, I just I see no reason to jump out of a perfectly good airplane I have a friend who served in the airborne I asked him I said how many planes do you ever jump out of he said none I said so you never you never did any jumps he said oh, I did some jumps he said you asked me how many planes I'd been I jumped out of and I none I said well how would you parachute if you didn't jump out of a plane he said I've never jumped out of a plane he said I've been pushed out of a lot of them <laughs> But we want to help you get connected to Christ in an active faith where you are walking with him. You're not, just, you're not just saying or stating a belief, but you're living the life. You're walking the walk. You're trusting the Savior daily. And with that, too, we also not only want to connect you with Christ in an active faith, but we also want to help get you connected to the body of Christ, the church, because while you can be connected to Christ, apart from the church, it's true, but Christ himself has ordained the church for the purpose that we inspire and encourage one another to love and to good works. You remember that passage in Hebrews that we usually beat each other with when we miss church? And we get our finger out and we say, and the word says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And we do that in a very legalistic way. And we say, this is the rule. Understand this. If you love Jesus, you're and you just, and, and, we, and we go on and on with that. And this is, you know, what the word said. But, and, and that's true. Don't, don't misunderstand me. The, the collective corporate worship is invaluable to your experience of faith. And I'm going to show you a little bit of why in just a minute. But do you know there's a context that that statement is made in? And we oftentimes read the word and we forget all about the context. If it proves our point, then we just take that and we pound it and pound it and pound it to prove our point And we miss the point of the scripture. Because if we back up just one verse, we find the point of the writer repenting that in 1025, and it says this, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see the days approaching. This is why we gather for worship. This is why we've come. You haven't come here simply just to receive. Yes, you've come to receive. There's a worship that's been prepared. There's a word that's been prepared to encourage you and to uplift you and exhort you. But do you know you have a value to bring into this situation today? 
I'm encouraged that you're here today. I'm encouraged that you're here today. I wish you'd all come at service time. Because at 9.05 when I'm looking around going, I seem to cut. Where's everybody at? But somewhere between songs two and three, you get here, and I'm telling you, it is a wonderful encouragement to me. I love to see you. This is, this is why we gather for connect groups. This, and if you're not part of a group, find you one. Get involved. Get plugged in. This is why we gather for the midweek Bible studies and the Unite Prayer and Worship gatherings. Because when you come to the house, you bring a value with you that is encouraging to those around you. You have a gift to bring. You have an offering to bring. And you encourage someone. Have you ever had someone that you watched that you admired their faith? And, and just the example that they set before you. Maybe it was the way they worship. Maybe it was the way they serve. Maybe it was their wisdom and their, their spiritual maturity. But because of your interaction and your fellowship with them, they inspired you. Have you ever thought that on the continuum of faith that not everybody's where you are? And while you're being inspired by those who are a little bit further down the road of age experience and maturity and liberty and deliverance and all those things, that there are people who are coming behind you as well and you're inspiring them, you are to them what the people who are ahead of you are to you? Don't tell me it doesn't matter if you check in down by the lake. Thank you for all of you that are joining in online. But don't tell me that it doesn't matter if you just say, well, you know what? I'm not going today. I'm going to watch online because there's somebody whom you serve as their inspiration that your life and your service and your faithfulness provokes unto love and good works. And it's through connection that we grow. Because faith isn't fully developed in a vacuum. We, we learn through connection with Christ, but we exercise through connection in the church. That's where the faith muscles are developed. This is, this is the gym. This is where the muscles of faith are first developed. Because it, it has to be walked out in the context of relationship. Faith has to be walked out in the context of relationship. The things that we've learned in our quiet moments with the Lord have to be exercised in order to become part of our spiritual strength. Loving as Christ loved you can't happen alone. You can't love as Christ loved apart from being around other people. And you cannot fully love as Christ loved as long as everybody's behaving the way that you expected they should. For some of you, jumping out of the airplane is the equivalent of sitting across the aisle from somebody that you're across the aisle from. 
And for you to love as Christ has loved is the same thing as jumping out on nothing because you're putting yourself out there to be vulnerable. But you've got to exercise that faith. Are you with me? We've got to learn how to exercise that patience and trust that we learn about from Christ. We, we, we exercise giving and receiving encouragement in the context of connectedness to the body of Christ. Again, have you ever watched someone and admired their faith? And in the same way that you do, someone's watching you and admiring yours also. You're encouraging someone with your worship. You're encouraging someone with your service. You're inspiring someone with your growth and maturity in the things of the Lord. You're encouraging people when you're being generous. When you're taking the opportunity to exemplify Christ's likeness, and that begins with the family of God. Plugging in, getting connected. What a great idea, right? Isn't that wonderful? What a great idea about getting plugged in. This idea of getting plugged in, though, it's not just important for those of the household of faith. No, no. You are connected to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ, to the joy of being in fellowship with other believers, for the purpose of being a point of connection for someone else. I want to say that again, that you are connected for the purpose of being a point of connection for someone else. Of late, there's a number of people in the context of our Sunday morning gatherings who have made first-time commitments to Christ and we have celebrated together with them. Over the last few weeks, you guys come to the early service so you don't get to hear this because usually in the late service, we're always standing up here saying, oh, by the way, let us tell you, let's celebrate together that this many people got saved in the early service this morning. You people that sleep all day, you missed it. But you guys don't get to hear that testimony, but over the last three or four weeks, we've had 13 people who have surrendered their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. (laughs) Pastor Lisa mentioned it earlier, but we've had eight of those people baptized uh, in recognition of the new work that the Lord has begun in their lives last weekend. We celebrated that. And, And this has spurred many conversations between Pastor Lisa and myself over the last several weeks. And the prevailing question is, you know, why don't we see this more often? Well, why, don't, why is this not the normative in the body of Christ that we're seeing people come to faith and we're seeing people baptized? Why don't we see that more often? After all, isn't it amazing? And it's certainly something worth getting up on Sunday morning for, right? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered? I mean, we pray for the salvation of those who have not surrendered their lives to Christ. Have you ever wondered why we don't see more folks being touched with the power of the gospel? Why we don't see more people being baptized? Well, it's nothing profound. But we have finally resolved in ourselves that when we begin to look at these 
13 individuals that have given their hearts to the Lord over these last several weeks, you know that we can trace all of these instances back to a moment of invitation. Because oftentimes invitation is prerequisite to salvation. Whether it's reaching out through drive-through prayer nights or opening one's home to show kindness or just a simple invitation through personal one-on-one interaction, this is how it came to be. This is how it came to be. The Lord moved through the lives of those in this church. Don't just be at home and say, God, would you just bless Pastor with a word on Sunday morning? God, would you anoint him? Lord, would you just open the ears of those that are there? Well, I want to encourage the body of Christ, and I want to encourage the people of God, but you can't see people saved when all of the people in the pews are already saved. Or religious. And there is a difference. The saved know whom they have believed in, and the religious know not they need to believe in. So you're not going to convince them again. But this is how it came to be. That the Lord moved through the lives of those in this church to lead others to a connection with the life-changing power of the gospel. And it will be through the ministries of others that this church, that those same people will continue to grow. And as we walk in fellowship with them, encouraging them and leading them to grow in their faith. It's not going to be what I do on Sunday morning. It's not going to be what Pastor Lisa does on Sunday mornings or on other times or our pastoral team. It's going to be when the body of Christ recognizes and embraces their ministry in this world and understands that they have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and that it is now their prerogative to lead others to the life-changing power of the gospel. We often feel that we're going we're gonna to pray and people are just going to mindlessly, aimlessly wander in and they're going to hear the gospel message and they're going to commit their lives to Christ. And that may happen. And sometimes it does. And often it has. But more often, there's a pattern that's repeated in the gospel that is often absent in the modern church. We look into the early pages of John's gospel in the first chapter. We find this most amazing figure has burst on the scenes. His name is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us. And as he began his earthly ministry, he began, people began to encounter him in his messianic office as the Lamb of God who was here to take away the sins of the world. And as he began to speak, there was such an anointing and such a presence and a power about him that the effect of it was that the people who met him 
would often, the very next step was that they would go back. I want you to look at this. There was a young man by the name of Andrew that encountered Jesus, that heard him speak, that heard him expounding the word of life. And after he heard this word in John's gospel, the first chapter, verse 41, we began, and it reads, then he first found his own brother, Simon. That's Peter. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. I've tasted and seen. Let me go get my brother Simon and bring him so that he can taste and see. I've found the author and the giver, the sustainer of life. Let me go find my brother Simon so that he can experience the author giver and sustainer of life and he brought him to Jesus jump back with me to John's gospel the fourth chapter John's gospel the fourth chapter we read earlier about the woman at the well the Samaritan woman who was there at the well and we read the meat of that passage and we understand what's transpiring here and that the Lord again is just expounding the word of life and just speaking to this woman in profound ways that is challenging her, that is changing her. He's, he's, he's speaking to her at the very core of her heart. Everything that she's ever done wrong is being laid bare there before and she realizes that this is no ordinary man that's speaking to her. And as this narrative begins to come to a close, we find out that the response, the initial, the very primary instinctive response of this woman is this. We pick it back up in verse 28 and it says this, and the woman left her water pot. Understand this, this was the thing that she had brought as the container to fill, to satisfy her natural needs. She left her water pot, said, forget about what I need in the natural here for just a minute, and let me go back into the city. And she said to the men, come and see. That was the initial reaction to the, her firsthand encounter with the gospel, was to go back and tell others, Come and see. Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be a Christ? And then they went out of the city and they came to him. Now often we miss this. Because we often operate at one of two extremes. Man, people, right? We, we do good in extremes. Like, our pendulum seldom swings there in the middle. It, it's, it's all the way over here. It's all the way over there. And people on both ends are just as wacky as the other side. Just. But in the, in the body of Christ, oftentimes, we are very closed to those who do not believe as we do certainly those who don't behave as we do and and what we'll do is if we are in Andrew's shoes we'll encounter Jesus and we'll say oh my what a wonderful encounter that was 
And the Holy Spirit says, go tell Simon. And we say, well, Simon is a unique individual. He is cynical. He is a hothead. He's, he's not as sensible as I. I just, I don't know if he's ready for this. We'll, we'll just leave him out there for a while until he's ready to, you know, to accept this, to receive this, and, and then maybe we'll talk to him then. And maybe Simon slips off into eternity and never has that opportunity. like the woman at the well we might assume that they're just not ready to hear the truth about their own lives they're they're so bound up in sinfulness and they they're engaged in alternate lifestyles and they're they're doing this thing and they're struggling with these addictions and they're struggling at this point and they're struggling at that point and well they're just not ready because when I invite them to my church my pastor's going to tell the truth and that's going to hurt their feelings and all these things and we just reason and we rationalize and and you know we think well they're going to be angry or resistant to the gospel we don't know what God's been doing in the power of the Holy Spirit in preparation for that moment that divine appointment just like Jesus had with that woman at the well God has a divine appointment for every individual who is yet to surrender their lives to him and he's just waiting for the church of Jesus Christ to stop rationalizing and reasoning why we don't fulfill the Great Commission and just get up in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and go out in boldness not having all the answers but just simply being able to say come and see a man that has known me thoroughly and loved me abundantly and has ushered me into life everlasting. We either do that or we're so closed on one side because we're afraid somebody's going to come in and not like our little version of the truth that we're peddling or we're just so open to compromise for the sake of welcoming everyone that some people just say whatever they think everyone else wants to hear and still nobody gets changed oh invite whoever you want to because they're not going to be offended in any way because we've got a committee that proofreads all the sermons so that we're sure that nobody's going to be offended I don't want to offend you on purpose I don't aim to offend you but I'm not here to coddle and pacify you either I'm here to tell you the truth and we need to have enough faith in the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to invite people into a place where they're going to encounter the truth the pure gospel of Jesus Christ and believe that they will know the truth and the truth will make them free 
that they will be delivered and that they will be connected to an active faith in Christ Jesus and then they will understand that they also have been connected in order to be a connection for someone else I'm telling you church when the body of Christ really gets plugged in to what it's all about we will have the byproduct of seeing souls saved and seeing people delivered and set free by the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing that breaks the yokes of bondages from around their necks and sets them free. Bring them here. We'll tell them the truth. Not mean or hard-hearted, but in sincerity and in the anointing of the Spirit. We'll talk about the grace and the mercy of God. We'll speak about sin and the things that break the heart of God. And we'll tell the truth about the world according to Scripture. And we'll watch the Holy Spirit do His work in their lives. Now, if you're here today by personal invitation, then you've been invited by someone who's tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Would you stand with me? Someone who has found that his way of doing life is far superior to what they were able to produce on their own. You've been invited by someone who loves you and wants to ensure that you've had a very, the very best opportunity to learn about Jesus and to accept or reject the gospel for yourself. But let it not be said that the souls of others are on our hands because we failed to exercise faith in the power of the gospel to impact change in the world around us. I've said this so many times of late because we get so distracted. And I've got to tell you, I'm not here advocating for a donkey or an elephant. I'm here advocating for a lion. And we get our eyes on all of this reform that we need and all of this stuff that needs to go on and this piece of legislation and that and we get ourselves all in a wad and worked up and stressed out and anxious about it and all these things. But I want you to understand something. You will never legislate morality. You will never legislate godliness. You will never legislate a change of heart and what we need is not reform and revision but what we need is revival is it too late not according to my word and and even if it is on some grander scale it's not too late for the people that you encounter on a daily basis so I'm challenging you today to avail yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit 
to be able to walk out of this place on a Sunday morning and go to wherever you go the rest of the week and to those who are around you and those that you encounter be able to say to them in the boldness of the Holy Spirit come and see just come and see I want to I've been connected I'm plugged in but I want to help you get the same we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.